Good morning and welcome. It's that time once again. The Patriot Radio News Hour live on a Thursday, July the 27th. Man, it's flying by. Back to school just around the corner. Everybody's, I don't know, getting ready to get all of their little kitties back to school shopping done and and probably at this point ready, right? Ready for them to be somewhere else other than in your house. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. 20-something years now we've been doing this. Matter of fact, radio-wise, my uncle started doing radio shows in at KHNC back in the early 90s, before pre-Patriot uh, with uh, Norm Resnick. A lot of you, that's a, a name from the past. Uh, and then turned it into a full-time operation uh, in the mid-90s, and we've been on ever since. And then, of course, here in Phoenix, uh, we've been on the air here since about 05 and on KXXT, I think. Man, I don't know. 11, 12 years now, I guess, because it's close. I think we, uh, I know we switched stations either 05 or 06, so it's uh, 11 or 12 years now. Uh, and that's all thanks to you, because we are all what I'll, all what I'll call self-funded, right? We don't have any any advertisers. We don't have uh, fancy spokesmen. We don't have any of that stuff. Everything is is done with you. When you do business with us, that's what keeps us right here. Uh, and like I said, we do it really pretty much better than anybody. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to last this long. Uh, the website at allamericangold.com where you get all the news to disturb the comfortable and, and all of those things. This blog, uh, my next blog will be next week, uh, so get ready for that. I've got a few ideas of what we're going to do there. Today, uh, we had a couple economic reports out, uh, first-time jobless claims. We won't talk a lot about that, but they were up 10,000 uh, people lining up at the unemployment office. Uh, and then we had durable goods, which was a, a well, again, you have a number, a headline number, and then you have the real number. We'll talk about that. Uh, we had the Federal Reserve releasing of the minutes. You know, they had a meeting this week. They didn't have any press conference. They didn't have any any Federal Reserve speakers. But we'll tell you what they had to say. Uh, then we're really gonna we're gonna spend some time. We haven't talked about it in a while. We're gonna talk about the dollar. Uh, its correlation to gold. We're going to talk about the bond market, its correlation to gold, uh, and what we can expect. You're probably going to hear some things today that that may surprise you uh, as this bubble continues in the equity markets, really all of the debt markets. It really doesn't mean whether it's stocks or bonds. And, and you know what? They're going to continue. We're not done yet. Nope, this, this bubble's still got a little more air to get pumped into it. Uh, but then we're going to talk about uh, what the end game is going to be. A very interesting announcement today from the Bank of England in in concerns to LIBOR rates. And is this another big piece of the puzzle as to when we can expect uh, the new currency to come in, the new global electronic credit 
platform and and of course before that happens right it'll be a bursting of the bubble right because you know that's how they do it right they'll have a horrible horrific crash and then they'll tell us the solution to the crash is going to this electronic currency and the electronic platform we're going to talk all about that today it's going to be an exciting show so make sure you that you're you tune in you know one of the things that I, I didn't get to it yesterday, but there was an article in the Arizona Republic that talked about the prosperity is perilous in Arizona. And, you know, we talk about, and, and I know for those of you that don't live in Arizona, but nothing but apartment complexes getting built here. I mean, and it's, they're everywhere, right? New construction going up everywhere. And then there was really the reason for it. You know, and I keep talking about, same thing with housing, I talk about, listen, there's no housing shortage. Don't be fooled. There's no shortage. They can't build homes cheap enough anymore, right? But there's no inflation for most people to afford. In Arizona, we're one of those states, you know, people move here. I mean, I will say this, listen, it's pretty awesome. I love it here. I love the weather here. Even the, the 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 couple of weeks here where we had the humidity, it's worth it. But they said 42% of Arizona households are deficient in liquid assets. <laughs> I love how they describe it, right? Anyway, hey, we, we got a problem here. You know, half of everybody that lives here has got a problem. They don't have any money, meaning that they have such a small savings that would they would struggle almost immediately if they suffered any sort of financial setback. Arizona ranked the 40th out of the 50 states in what is called prosperity. So, you know, it just stands to reason. Why do people move here? Because they think jobs are here. What types of jobs are here? Crappy ones. <laughs> right? One out of every two. I mean, okay, 42%. Six out of ten. A little more than 6 out of 10. Well, I guess 4 out of 10. A little more than 4 out of 10. Arizonans, hey, it doesn't matter. They can't afford a single setback of any kind. And then it makes sense when you start seeing all these apartment complexes. Because where do those people live? Patriot Radio News Hour. We're going to break down durable goods. And then we're going to start talking about the dollar and what it's been doing this year and where it's heading. Don't touch that dot. Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. And, you know, it, it's it's tough. It, it really is. And I know uh, this year has been a, it been a struggle. Everybody's kind of locked. Up right, no one knows what to do. Everyone, everyone knows. You all know, right? The whole the whole debt market is in a bubble again. We're seeing it before our very eyes, and and you look at like yesterday. I gave you all the stats. You know the Cape Index, which is uh, the most renowned and and unfavored index when it comes to valuations saying that, you know, hey, we're right near, we're right at where we were during the tech bubble. And I'm going to tell you, it's got to get bigger than that. 
So that may surprise some of you. Washington's going to keep going up here for a little bit. they got to really blow this thing up. And, and I will tell you that I want you to think about Japan as an example. You know, the Nikkei got to 40000 When it finally blew up for good, it went to ten. And even today, that was 1987. Today, it's only at 20. And and this is really what we're in store for. Very, You look at what they're struggling with today, and you see what we're struggling with today. The very same environment. Uh, and they're just getting ready to blow it up. There was uh, uh, Hugo Salinas Price. He is a... He's not famous here, but he is renowned around the world. He is a uh, uh, a Mexican money guy, right? He's kind of Mexico's Warren Buffett, I guess, for lack of a better term. The end of the world's present monetary system is already taking place. And, and we, we've been talking about it, right? We know now that the platform that they've been waiting for appears to be here. We know that how they, how they usher in the changes, right, is they create, they create a problem, it blows up, and then they sell us the solution. And, of course, while the problem is building up, they pretend like it's not. Right, classic. Right, we've seen it play. Right, there was no, there was no problem in '87. There was no problem with the tech bubble. Well, there was some frothiness or uh, irrational exuberance was by, about as strong of a word as you got. Remember the housing crisis? Oh, it's just subprime. There's some. That was what some froth in the market. Right, those are what the things that, of course, it was clear as day. It was all out in front of you. The U.S. is losing its influence in the world, and we've been talking about this. This doesn't happen overnight. It's a slow process, right? Brenton Woods, that agreement is gone. The United States now. Uh, you can trade just about in any currency in the world. The Chinese have now joined as a reserve currency. You even had the, the head of the IMF talking about, hey, yeah, right? we could be in Beijing in 10 years. Absolutely we could. The end of the dollar as a basis of the international monetary system means the end of the United States as we know it. And this is kind of what I've been telling you. This is going to be the trade-off. Right? They're going to blow this bubble up as best they can, right? And it's already getting pretty full. And when it explodes and when it bursts, this is going to be how we're going to somehow come out of this. And what do you give up? You give up freedom. You give up sovereignty. You give up all of that. You would give up control. He said the present monetary system of the world, based on the dollar, is on its deathbed. A fiat currency such as the dollar cannot be replaced by another fiat currency 
Therefore, the world will necessarily have to take up precious metals as the world's economy. And listen, they're not going to go for that. They should, but they won't. It is likely that the transformation of the world is upon us. And he foresees, right, China and Russia trying to be involved in a in a in a new currency, whether it's gold based, silver based, electronic based. And then we've started to we and like we said, we haven't talked a lot about the dollar this year. Right, because they've been telling us, ah, the dollar's not that important. We need to watch the ten year note and the yield and all this stuff. But after yesterday's Federal Reserve meeting, Janet Yellen, here's what they said. Yeah, we're going to start that that bond thing. We're going to start that. We're going to start the sell-off, you know, soon. Didn't even talk about raising rates anymore. Matter of fact, the only word they really changed in their statement had to do with inflation. Essentially saying there wasn't any. The price of gold could see a substantial upside as the U.S. dollar index continues to slide in value. This was on CNBC yesterday. By the way, the dollar right now hovering right around 94. It got all the way down to 93.15 late last night while we were sleeping. I mean, you think about a dollar index, you know, it was above 100. Think about it, $1,900 gold. The dollar index was what, hit a low of 72. And then it went up to about 102. And, you know, and you think about, okay, gold went from 1900 down to 1050 Now it's back, uh, pushing again now uh, to 1300 and the dollar has been falling pretty much all year quietly. Right? One of the things that they're so worried about is this, we can't get inflation. Well, the best way to try to get inflation is to devalue. The dollar has declined 9% against the basket of foreign currencies year to date, and that the likelihood of parts of President Trump's economic agenda getting underway have now been called into question. The prospects of further rate hikes from the Federal Reserve seem unlikely. The dollar index could could, could drop to the 92 level. Of course, now we're watching here. It almost got there today, right? It almost got into the 92s. Uh, it's bounced off. It got to, like I said, it got to uh, 93.15, bounced back to 94, but it's getting there. And listen, it, and it's not stopping there. We could really see other markets like gold push through the $1,300 level and silver recapturing the $18 level. We could see oil prices start rising. And remember, oil was falling right there in well. They did not like that, did they? Right, oil was what down below forty-four, got to forty-two and change, and then boom, the dollar just started falling. Now, of course, oil's at forty-eight, still not high enough. 
But with the dollar selling off like this, you are going to see more gains in all of these markets. The dollar index hit a 13-month low yesterday. And that they continued to see more dollar weakness ahead. And this is kind of what we've been talking about. Remember, all year I've been telling you, hey, we're going to see new hot yearly highs this second half of the year. Everything's played out pretty much pretty close to how I thought it was going to, which is right. The economy really isn't so great. It's not horrible, but it's really not. We're not growing. Right? The equity markets are way overvalued, and they're going to continue to rise. The Federal Reserve is going to what? Do exactly what we thought. They changed directions. Forget about rate hikes. We're going to talk about selling some bonds, maybe. And now we're going to have a period now where you think about it after this meeting here. With no mention of rate hikes. Now you've got August, September's meeting. Maybe, maybe they'll do the bond market then. People are, but everyone that that I was listening, not that they know anything, I don't. Don't even think it's going to happen in September, maybe October, where they may start selling some bonds off. But we are going to enter a very long period here where we aren't going to be talking about rate hikes and I think we're going to see the powers that be try to pressure the dollar down to try to create some inflation. Because right now, there were inflation is not even near the 2%, and it's actually in their, the way they calculate it, it's actually falling. So now they've, they've got the, the pressure going the other way. Oh, by the way, just looking here at the market, uh, crude oil is now above $49, eight cents. Uh, gold's higher today. Silver's higher today, uh, and and continue continue to look for more highs in both of those markets as well. But we're kind of seeing this situation where once again, what the Federal Reserve promised, what they told us was going to happen, turned out not to be correct. We didn't get inflation. Matter well, we did, uh, but I, I I'll just the way they calculated it didn't happen. We have a jobs market that is just like I've been telling you. It's a part-time jobs market, right? Arizona, we're one of the best states around, right? Well, if you talk to people, right? <laughs> and you read the the paper. Hey, by the way, for uh, Prosperity, we're one of the worst. Why? Because all the jobs that are created, all these new jobs, they're not good jobs. And so we don't have wage pressure. We don't have uh, real, real, well, look at the, how about this? We didn't even talk about this. The Foxconn. Did you see the announcement, Apple Foxconn, they're the ones that make Apple's stuff for them. They're going to build that factory in Wisconsin. And I'm going to say this. On the outset, I'm excited. I, I, I was. I was like, yeah. And I want to give you know, credit to Trump. 
because I'd never heard Apple actually talk about doing anything in this country until he started making his run. But then I actually looked at the deal. According to all the reports, they're initially going to employ roughly 3,000 people, okay? Which, hey, that's, that's a lot of people. Wisconsin is saying that the overall plan represents a $10 billion investment. So we don't really know how much Foxconn's really going to be spending. Wisconsin's saying, hey, the overall plan's $10 billion, but they don't give the, hey, how much is, is it going to be to build the building you're going to employ these people? And that, that information, we don't know. We do know that they're saying, hey, the overall plan could be $10 billion. Remember, that's the look here number. That's not the real number. But what? What? Okay. Either way, I'd take that in a second. Are you kidding me? Until I found out that Wisconsin's going to give Foxconn three billion dollars worth of tax credit. Three billion dollars to employ three thousand people. That's a million dollars a job. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Hyatt. The election of 1980 gave American voters a stark contrast of the two parties and candidates. Democrat President Jimmy Carter and Republican Governor Ronald Reagan. Reagan relied on the grassroots efforts of patriots like Phyllis Schlafly to champion his cause, and his resulting victory is viewed historically as the great culmination of the conservative movement started by Phyllis's book, A Choice Not an Echo, in 1964. While times have changed, the principles Phyllis wrote about to mobilize conservatives for Reagan are as useful today as ever. Phyllis Schlafly held to a clear set of convictions on which she would not surrender. However, she was not an idealist in the sense that she would only support the perfect candidate. In fact, she readily acknowledged that there is no such thing. She advised conservatives to start their influence of election politics by choosing which issues are most important to them and then choosing the candidate who most closely aligns with your core issues. Before jumping in a campaign, you must also learn about the process. Phyllis said, knowing how the election process functions, how campaigns are won, and who the candidates are, is the power to make the policies you want on the issues you care about. Even the most energetic patriot cannot make substantial change without an understanding of the process to channel his energy in the right direction. While most conservatives see tolerance as little more than a liberal buzzword for pointless name-calling, some conservatives really would do well to learn the value of political tolerance. Phyllis put it this way, You must be tolerant enough to allow voters to vote for your candidate for the reasons of their choice. Phyllis Schlafly recognized that people with diverse beliefs can still come together to achieve great things on issues where they can find common ground. Phyllis Schlafly was more than an activist. She was a grassroots organizer. She had the uncanny ability of unlocking potential within passionate men and women who wanted to make real change. Phyllis Schlafly's proven path to political success has not changed. The foundation of political victory is still hard work and involvement tempered by practical knowledge and discernment. 
2017 marks 50 years of the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, mailed, broadcast, and posted online to millions of Americans eager to follow her traditional, conservative perspective. We continue that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com, archiving the past, addressing today's key issues, and staying alert for the future. So bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. Listen, we got a, we got some big news to cover on LIBOR, but I want to finish with this Foxconn thing. The average job that's going to be created fifty three thousand dollars, which trust me, that's good money. I know it's you're like, huh? That's not that much, and it's not. But that's you know, you're making more than seventy percent of the people with a job at fifty three thousand. But they're giving $3 billion in tax breaks to create these 3,000 jobs. And, and and you sit there and you start thinking to yourself, you know, you're spending a million dollars a job that pays 53000 and that's almost 19 years of wages. <laughs> I think... We could get a lot of businesses to come to America if we're going to pay them a million dollars per job. That's just my thought. I mean, call me crazy. All right, we're going to give that to Fox, Foxconn. I mean, there's a lot of really smart Americans out there that that would love for the you know the cities, the states, the federal government to give them some money to to beef up their workforce. But, you know, the money goes where? Always the same place. Corporate welfare, just more of it. I like it, I do, but I hate how it happened. Because in the, the, that case, all you did, you just, you just bribed them to come here for a while. Right? And when the money runs out, guess what's going to happen? Right? Oh, we're out of tax credits? Yeah, we're out of town. The biggest thing that happened today, it wasn't the Fed minutes. We watched the dollar hit a new low today. I think we're going to hear that a lot more. We saw gold. uh, The the Fed minutes came out after gold closed. So gold was open for electronic trading, but Wall Street, the New York, or the COMEX in Chicago was closed. Gold jumped to 1260 bucks, It actually got to $1,265 to the ounce. Yesterday's high was about $1,253. So that leaves this gap in the charts. And we don't like gaps because the, the algorithms, the computers, like to make sure all these gaps get filled. This morning, we actually had a very good thing happen where the gap got filled. Gold fell all the way back to that 1253 level, filled the gap. Uh, it's now up uh, $8, $1,258. Silver did the exact same thing. Went all the way back to the high of yesterday, which was $16.54, uh, and is currently up $0.12 cents right now. 
and I think we're, we're going to see uh, both of these metals continue to push higher because there's going to be a lot of dollar pressure, right? The rate hike thing looks like it's dissipating. Inflation, the way the Fed calculates it, continues to fall. Today's durable good orders. The headline number was fantastic, right? Some crazy number. And then, of course, that was all aircraft orders. And that's the one thing about durable goods. When Boeing gets an order for an airplane, they book it now. Even though the plane's not going to be built for like eight years. But nonetheless, when you stripped out the you, you strip out commercial aircraft and you uh, strip out defense, you always do that. And you get the what the real number is. That's the number people care about. It was actually down one-tenth of a percent. I want to say the headline number was either 5.6 or 6.5, which was something massive. And then when you when you figured it all out, uh, the durable goods number fell again. Uh, again, giving that the Fed a lot of room. And I think this is going to continue this pattern of dollar weakness uh, and, and a continuing of the compression of that yield curve. But here was the big announcement. The LIBOR rate, which you remember the LIBOR scandal that broke in 2012 when we found out all of these, the banks were ripping us all off, right? No one got fired for that either. The world's most important reference index, it sets the price for $350 trillion in loans. This is it. This is the the key component to what what almost half of the world's loans are made up of. Credit and derivative securities. The LIBOR rate died earlier today when the top UK regulator, and remember this is a this this market gets set in London, and it has since inception, the Financial Conduct Authority, okay, that's the name of the group that regulates the LIBOR rate, said that the index is going to be phased out and that work would begin for a transition to the alternative that is a still undetermined benchmark that will start at the end of 2021. So you have the Financial Conduct Authority, which oversees the LIBOR rate, making an announcement today that by by the end of 2021, the LIBOR rate will cease to exist. And we're going to have an alternative. We're just not going to tell you what it is. And then you start thinking about all the things, you know, as we're putting this huge pieces of the puzzle together. I'm thinking to myself, okay, that kind of sounds like uh, everything's going to blow up right before then. 
and then we're going to get ready to give you the what? <laughs> right? Hey, that's how we're going to save it all. And we're going to come up with the new benchmark that we can price all of the debt in, in, in the fact that they didn't name it. Like they don't know. You know what? I woke up this morning, and you know what we thought? You know, we've been talking to the Federal Reserve, and we've been talking to the ECB and the Japanese and the Chinese. We've been talking to everybody. We're talking to the IMF and the World Bank. You know what? We need to make the announcement that we're getting ready to do something different. But we're not ready to tell you what that different is. Picture Radio News Hour. Let's think about that during the break. Welcome back. Gold's now up nine, twelve hundred and fifty fifty-eight dollars in change. Twelve fifty-eight, twelve fifty-nine. Silver's up fifteen, sixteen dollars and sixty-two cents. As we continue to watch uh, all of the latest current events unfold today, another piece, and it's coming quick, right? We had the IPO launching of the Ethereum, uh, the blockchain technology uh, that boasts that it has the pipeline to be able to handle the electronic credits that are most likely coming to to all of us. And we talk about the bubble. And I'm telling you, guess what? We're still, it's still going to go. And we're not quite there yet. It's got to get a little bigger yet. <laughs> it's got to get a little bigger yet. But I want to give you a little perspective. Because this has been in a, a really... Nothing more than an ex- another failed fiat experience. And when you look at, we talk about 1971 a lot, because that's really when we gave the central bank all control. But when you go to 1980, you know, 1980, 81, that was the year that the United States hit a trillion dollars in debt at a federal level. But here was something I did not know. If you took all U.S. debt, both government and personal, it was $3 trillion, okay? $3 trillion. In other words, the population had $2 trillion more debt than the federal government had. If you broke that down by household, okay, not by person, by household, that represented $38,552 of debt per household in 1980. By the way, that was only 79% of median household income at the time. Right now, now think about where we're at today. Median household income. I think that fifty-three. I think. Maybe that may be a little too high, but I think it is. 
And you talk about 1980 was 30, what, 38.5? Fast forward to today. Total government debt plus total personal debt now has just went past the $41 trillion mark. In other words, federal government's got just but debt. <laughs> Dead as the household does. That represents 584% of the median income. Right? We are in the gigantic bubble of all time. Right? This is classic, and there's no argument any way around it. The average household now owes. $329,961.34. That's pretty exact. And that number's grown, right? It's not. It, it's already out of date. From 38000 to 330000 And we're not quite done. It's not quite done. It's almost, though. It's getting real close. And now... They're getting ready. They're going to get rid of the LIBOR rate and come up with, oh, this new alternative, but they don't say what it is. Well, you don't think that they don't know already? Of course they know. And this is why the greatest opportunity has passed. And I blame myself. This should have been, and I, I think I've said it a few times, this should have been the biggest year in company history. But I'm not a good enough salesperson. Right? Everybody's been paralyzed. And you saw these premiums go down to nothing. You could buy gold at spot like six weeks ago. Right? And then they did these little flash crashes. Silver went all the way down to $14.38. It's already back to, to what? Getting, what oh, hitting 16 is over. It hit sixteen eighty this morning. Matter of fact, probably going to do it before the end of the day's out again. And boom, everything just disappeared. All of the backdate silver eagles, there was hundreds of thousands of millions of ounces gone. All of the 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 20s and the and the Maple Leafs and the Krugerrands and the Gold Eagles that were piled up, gone. And of course, now we've seen what what three or four straight weeks of of, of rising prices. And then yesterday, the Federal Reserve releases its minutes and doesn't even talk about rate hikes. Doesn't even talk about interest rates at all. Right, this was a group that six weeks earlier was talking about an equity bubble and that we're gonna keep raising rates. All of it set up, planned out. And now if we're to believe what's gonna happen in, in, over at the LIBOR rates, by 2021, we're gonna usher in the new world order and the question is going to be are you going to be prepared 
Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour. U.S. $20 liberties are thirteen seventy, which is about 110 over. Up until this year, I would have been screaming from the rooftops if this was 2016 or 15 or 14 or 13 or 12, 20, 11, 20, 10, 2009, 2008. I'd have been screaming from the rooftop. Take advantage of that price being this close to spot because you're not going to find it much longer. And that would have been an ridiculous buying opportunity. And it is now. Because guess what? The the whole little the whole little game is up now. Right? The Federal Reserve's throwing in the towel. Right? The we're at the final leg of the bubble before it goes pop. Right? They've got the platform set up. Now they got England making the announcement the LIBOR rate's gonna go away. We're gonna usher in an alternative. And include or whatever it be, we, uh, we'll, we'll let you know. Well, you're on the need to know. They're going to have this thing break, and it's going to break, and it's going to break hard. I don't want it to. It's just what it is. Look at the numbers. Real corporate profit. They're not even up 1% a year for the last five years in a row. Then been the average. And they talk about earnings beats and this and that. Those aren't the same thing. Right? They use all the adjusted numbers, but real profits. And I told you yesterday, I was telling the story how you were looking at all these numbers rolling across the bottom of the screen. Revenues missed, revenues missed, revenues missed. Look at all the stores that have gone under. Look at look at all of the things. Look at what Wisconsin did. They just handed out $3 billion for hopefully 3,000 jobs. I hope it's that many. We've seen that before. And they just paid a million dollars a job. Now you look at what happened to the debt just in, since 1980. This is how big the bubble really is. It really gives perspective, doesn't it? The average household in 1980, all debt in the entire United States, you had to write a check for 38000 Now the check's 330000 and I'm going <laughs> to we haven't hit the biggest part of the bubble yet. U.S. $20 liberties, 13000 70, and I'm telling you right now, the 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 biggest opportunity it went. I I get it. It happened, right? We didn't know. We've been paralyzed and waiting, and and gold's been in this range, and then it was falling, and then I'd listen to these idiots out there, you know, Harry Dan or or. Uh, Jeremy Siegel or all these guys talking about what you know things that 
make no sense whatsoever but sound good. Time to get ready. Listen, that's not a lot of time. The, the time is quickly upon us. 800-951-0592. Take care. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see where everything is tomorrow. One last show for the week. 